Okay, welcome to episode 8 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashball. As always, joined by my co-host, Sixten Funquist. Sixten, how are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, not too bad. It's, uh, well, the weather's kind of turned a little worse than it was the last couple of weeks, but it's not too bad. No, it's actually decent. I've yeah. had a... Well, I've, I've been bored, but the, the weather's been nice. I actually watched paint dry this Saturday. Ooh, I was painting my exciting. Uh, the, the door frames of... Uh, to my house and I just stood there watching dry for a good 10 minutes <laughs> well yeah like you said it's not too bad outside no. but uh compared to what it has been it's not great because we actually uh have a fire ban in effect now here in our region of Linköping that's how nice it's been yeah it goes quickly here because since we're on a plane yeah it's really windy so, yeah. and dry so we don't want to get burnt and die of a disease so yeah, uh, exactly but anyways, coming up on the show today, I think we've got some more signings and extensions to announce. Uh, we have another guest interview. Yes. Uh, her name is Kaisa Kalmeas. She's a Swedish uh, reporter for, well, she was a long-time reporter for Frölunda. Uh, well, she covered Frölunda. Covered Frölunda and then um, moved over to New York to cover the NHL yeah. for the last uh, couple of years. So we've got her on the program today, which is a, a good interview. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, what do you think we should start off with? We should start with some signings. Perfect. Take it um, away. Arbro won't extend Marcus Weinstock. They released him uh, Friday. This is Monday, April 27th. So last Friday, they announced they won't be extending him. But I picked up a nice quote or an interesting quote uh, from their general manager, or I don't know, manager. Uh, Niklas Johansson said to their website, my hope is that he stays in another role with the club. So if he prematurely announced Marcus Weinstock's retirement there, I don't know, but I'm guessing, yeah, it it would be a a fitting position for Weinstock to to continue because he's been with the club for like 10 years. For so long. And he's 36 years old, so he is obviously getting to that point in his career where he is probably considering uh, retiring because he has been on a bit of a downturn. The last couple of seasons have been... Points-wise, some of the worst he's had in his SHL career. Just 14 points this season in uh, 46 games played. But like you said, he's been with the Raybro. He's been with uh, well, with them in the SHL and Allsvenskan since 2010-2011. Uh, and so he has been uh, a mainstay on their roster for a decade now. And um, yeah, uh, if he does plan on retiring, obviously that's just speculation. But uh, I could definitely see him taking um, maybe a... Some sort of uh, coaching role or management role with the team. Yeah, uh, and I haven't watched Erbro that much this season, but what I've seen is Marcus Weinstock has always been like a physical player. Mm-hmm. He's, he's regarded as one of the least liked players because he's quite talkative, apparently. Okay. Um, this is just hearsay, so yeah. don't quote, quote me on that. But I would say that he increased his physical game this season, which is an indication of him maybe not keeping up. Yeah, and trying to come like uh, trying to compensate, compensate for his lack of yeah. points with another aspect yeah, of his yeah, game. Yeah. But he apparently is a nice uh, team guy and a well well liked locker room guy. So yep. I can see him continue with the club, and if that's the end to, uh, to his career, then uh, cheers to a good one. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Ten years playing in the same club. That's that's really really yeah, he's cool. He's been playing in Allsvenskan or the SHL since two thousand three, two thousand four. So that's a pretty long yeah. hockey career. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, cheers to that. Vekua uh, won't extend uh, Demon, uh, Casey Bailey, nor Niklas Lundgren. And they also released Jacob McFlicker. No news there, really. Um, well, McFlicker came over about, what, a third of the way through the season, yeah, I think? Yeah, he's 35 years of age. He came to Vekua without having played previously in the season. So, that was just... Uh, that was, uh, like, 
completing the team in a panicky way, I'd say. But he'd he'd had great success in the SHL before, so it wasn't really a chance of a signing more than him not having played. Yeah, well, and they kind of took a chance for on a couple of players. Casey Bailey as well was one of them. Um, he had played one season in the KHL with Slovan Bratislava in Slovakia, but other than that, he had been you know a career North American player yeah. uh, coming over for 28 games from the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL. And, I mean, seven goals, four assists, 11 points in 28 games. Not too bad nope. for his first season here in the SHL, but obviously the Lakers are probably looking for somebody uh, maybe a little bit more adjusted. Yeah, to I, I like his, his presence on the ice, though. He yeah. had some nice... Uh, his skating was quite adapted to the big rink, and he's he also... He's tall, too. He is, yeah. And uh, so I can see him staying in Sweden if he doesn't have, like, homesickness or mm-hmm. whatever. But, yeah. Vecco has higher ambitions than that, so uh, no news, no really shock that any one of them were released. They did, however, sign a new demon as well. Who's that? I'm going to try to pronounce this as good as I can. Oh, good. Hardy Hamann Aktel. So, <laughs> Hardy Hamann Aktel? Uh, yeah, he came from Björklöven. Also a big boy, 192 centimeters, 90 kilos, uh, signed for two years. Uh, one of Björklöven's best demon um, behind Brian Cooper, who's already left the team. And Björklöven, like Modor, continued to be plundered of talent. Yeah. So uh, I think he can slot in well with the Lakers. And he's a left shot D, I believe. Uh, left shot D, yes. So that yeah, he's, he was speaking of tall players, 192 centimeters. Yeah, big boy. Um, Which is six foot four. Yes. Um, that gives. Vekko uh, only still just one right shot D, but it's an improvement from last year. I think this might also be a bit of a risk for the Lakers as well, because this will be um, his first season yeah. in the SHL. He spent the last two seasons kind of jumping between Allsvenskan and had a couple games in Division as one as well. And I know we mentioned it before, but you know it might be the second tier league, but jumping from Allsvenskan to the SHL can sometimes be a challenge for yeah. some players. But let's compare this to Brian Cooper, mm. who came from Berkham and, and will be playing in Oscarsham this coming season. Brian Cooper will have a more prominent role. Yeah. Hardy Herman Aktel won't. It might he, be, he might get more sheltered minutes. Yeah, he might slot in as a seventh or sixth defenseman. I'd say fifth or sixth, yeah. maybe. Uh, some bottom three, mm-hmm. let's say. Um, and that gives him time to adjust. They can shelter his minutes. I guess he might not play like uh, shorthanded or even power play because Vecco has higher ambitions after their, their rather disappointing season, which we'll get to. Um, so a decent signing. Yeah, absolutely. But like you said, pure, poor Bjorkerloven and Modo are just getting kind yeah. of plundered. And we touched on the uh, Modo last uh, last episode, I think. And I mean. There's not much to say. Yeah. They're losing Bartoszak as well, their goalie. So um, we'll see what happens there. Anyway, uh, moving on. Ferista has signed uh, center Je- Jacob Nilsson or Jakob Nilsson uh, from uh, Rockford Icehawks on a two-year deal. Um, this is an interesting guy. And I think he's been under the, the radar quite a lot in Sweden because he moved from Sweden to, to North America prior to the 2018-19 season, then moving from Mora where he had uh, 18 points in 40 games in 17-18. But he has done quite well in the AHL. He has uh, he had 32 points in his first 61 games with the Rockford Ice Hawks, and he was an alternate captain last season. Yeah. Or this, this just finished season, I'd say, um, with 21 points in 62 games. Coming back to Ferristad, we've seen Ferristad make this move before. 
picking up talent from the AHL or even the NHL. So it's coming back, not having really made it in North America. And then they just go haywire in the SHL. And I can see this being such a signing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Like you said, he had a, a decent showing in the AHL. A uh, total of 123 games played with 53 points. Yeah. Uh, has Yeah, he's only had had one season in the in the SHL, so it could be interesting. Yeah. Um, and Freysta, obviously, it's only 26 years old, we should mention. Born on October 12th, 1993, so he'll be 27 in the beginning of next season. And, I mean, coming into his prime, coming back from North America a bit more... Uh, with a bit more routine, this could be a nice signing. Yeah, it could be. Could yeah. work out well for Forrestad. He's not a big boy, though. He's uh, 5'10", 181 pounds. That's 178 centimeters, 82 kilograms. So, um, more of a quick, yeah. little quick guy, I'd say. Uh, can play center in the, and left wing, but Forrestad has announced him as a center man. So, yeah. that will be his role. Um, Oscar Sam released uh, D-Man um, Henrik Nilsson and uh, forward Robin Söderqvist but they made an interesting signing on their staff oh what was they, that they signed Matthias Schankvist to, to their staff at some uh, capacity they didn't announce his correct role because that was still under negotiation apparently so speculation where would you think he slots in no assistant manager uh, assistant uh, coach yeah, assistant coach uh, probably um, but he, he will work with player development hmm. and Boy, does Oscar Sam need player development to adapt to the SHL, giving their free ticket to their second season ever. Yeah. Um, and Matthias Schankvist, obviously, having played both in the SHL and, and in the NHL, he's got a routine, uh, comes on in both loads, so that's a nice signing. Yeah. And I, with him in the staff, that can attract other people to the staff as well and help Oscar Sam grow as a club, so that's... That's really important to such a young club at the SHL level. Absolutely. Um, I'm waiting for them to announce more signings. And uh, we've talked about Oskar Sam uh, before. We, I'd like to see them sign more SHL players. Players who have had a stint or two in the SHL before. Yeah. They need that routine in their in their team on their team i mean there's yeah, a little team. bit more experience a yeah, little they bit need, more leadership they, they need experience yeah so but it'll come the preseason is just getting underway in sweden so with running so uh, we'll see more also i need to shout out every pr person in the shl stop using exclamation marks in their in your headlines that's a no-go for me. It looks like fucking Facebook and it annoys me the hell out of me. <laughs> he signs! Yes, we know that. Please get to the point. Stop it. Tell us how you really feel. Uh, yeah, 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 I did. Um, team of the week. Yes, uh, maybe let's get to the interview first and we'll cover team of the week afterwards. We can do that, yeah. So let's throw it over to uh, Kaiser Kalmias, who we had a chance to talk to a few days ago. Uh, enjoy the interview and we'll pick it right back up after we're done with that. So our guest today is uh, someone who is an ex expert in social media. She's a wizard at in Instagram. She's a lovely writer. Uh, I read everything she writes for Hockey Sverige, EP Ringside, everything. She's been covering Fralunda and the SHL, and she's also been covering some NHL over in North America. Welcome to the show, Kaisa Kameus. Thank you. What a great intro. <laughs> Now, Kaiser, right off the bat, we were just talking uh, before we uh, started recording, but you um, spent uh, the last little bit uh, over in North America, obviously, I believe in New York, was it, covering the yes. NHL? Yes, that's correct. So how was um, that? I, uh, it, was, it was just a dream come true. 
<clears throat> I loved, uh, I visited New York for the first time in 2010 and uh, instantly it became like the, well, my favorite spot on earth. Um, and I decided right there and then that I'm going to live here someday. And it took me nine years, but then I just did it. I bought a one-way ticket. Um, this was after graduating journalism school. So I just, uh, I just went for it. Um, and it was the best year of my life. I, well, it, it ended uh, like this spring. Obviously, it didn't end the way I wanted it to. I, the goal was to stay there um, over the playoffs and the NHL draft and everything this summer. But I, I mean, I, I, I hope that maybe next year, if everything goes back to normal, hopefully I can do like, a, I'll get my, um, I don't know, I get like a comeback or something, maybe a couple of months, maybe three, four months over there covering the, the playoffs and, and the draft and stuff. So, but it was uh, surreal. It was just the best year of my life. How did you? How did the whole thing came come to fruition? What was the talks between you and Uffe Bodin, and how did it all start? Well, since I'm a freelancer, I just basically decided that I'm doing this, uh, and if you guys want me to produce stuff for you while I'm there, I'm down because I love this. I love Pakistan, and I love working with Uffe Bodin and and, and all you guys. Um, so and he was like well yeah of course i mean the nhl is like that's what we do so if we can have one person being there like covering on site that's amazing so he was really open to it then of course um he couldn't like <clears throat> he couldn't give me a contract where um i could work full time because i mean it's it's the media business it's it's hard Uh, so I also did like a bunch of other stuff, but that was that was cool with him. So well, I just told him that I'm moving. I hope you want to keep working with me. So it was great. Now, when you were over there, um, obviously it's not a massive time difference, just six hours. But were you still able to keep up with the SHL over here during your time in New York? I mean, I'm I'm almost like scared of how little I follow the SHL. It's crazy how quick you lose something like that when, well, both the time difference and also like, I I feel like I, I put so much work into uh, doing a good job with the NHL and producing stuff. Even if I, even when I didn't do stuff for, for Hockey Sveria, I did a bunch of like personal stuff for my own Instagram and, and so on. So I, I felt like I didn't have the time or or the focus to follow the SHL as closely, uh, especially this last season. Because when I and when I came over um, in March last year, it was the playoffs, and I, I kind of I, I covered the season up until then. So I I went to a couple of uh, sports bars to like keep up with the games and stuff because they actually show Swedish hockey in, in some of the sports bars in in New York, which is fun. Um, so I, I, I was actually sitting in a sports bar when, uh, Frello and I won, uh, watching, like it was the middle of the day. Oh, it was, uh, maybe 4 PM or something, uh, when they hoisted the cup, it was, um, it was fun, but yeah, that season, I mean, I know Lulio is great. Uh, <laughs> so that's basically it. <laughs> what? How, for how long did you cover for, for Hockey Sverige before leaving Sweden? 
actually, I just posted uh, today on Instagram um, my first season. I, I started studying journalism really late. Well, not really late, but I, I did. Uh, I started when I was 27. Uh, and it's a uh, quite short um, like program here in, in Sweden. So I took two years. Um, well, it's three years, but I already had one year. So, yeah, it's it's a, a little bit complicated. But um, while studying, I immediately decided that I'm going to do sports and I wanted to do hockey. So uh, I started tweeting a lot about hockey. And then I think Ufa was the one who approached me. Um, he sent me a DM and like, hey, I see you. Uh, you tweet a lot about hockey and I noticed you studying uh, journalism so maybe you should want maybe you want to try out uh, or maybe we should just meet and like get to know each other and we did and then he gave me a shot and this was uh, fall 2015 um, so and I covered them all through that season 15 16 and that's when Frölunda won and that since I lived in Gothenburg um, I covered them really closely uh so that was that was something to cover the winning team uh in my first season I was still I I didn't graduate yet so it was uh it was really really fun it was a great experience so yeah so the answer is 2015 sorry what did you go into hockey or like hockey like from the start how did you get into in the first place I mean I I I've been asked this a lot and I don't have like a fun story or like a special story more than like my dad, he, he took me to my first hockey game in, in Gothenburg when I was maybe four uh, because he really loves hockey, but he didn't play. I didn't play. I, I mean, I played soccer for like two seasons maybe. And I mean, I could come up with me actually being decent because I know you can't look it up, but I sucked. So, <laughs> Sports, I'm not good at sports. Uh, I love watching hockey, though. Uh, but I, I, when I uh, thought about this earlier today, uh, before this interview, I, I kind of remembered that a lot of the boys that I was kind of crushing on when I was in the elementary school, they were all playing hockey. And they had, like, the, the hockey cards and stuff with, like, Peter Forsberg and Nick Lidstrom and, and Wayne Gretzky and uh, so on. So... I, I think I might have like gotten interested in it just because they were a little bit. Um, but then uh, when I was a little bit older, I started going to games by myself with my friends. And all, that was also when uh, Prolunda won their first, um, I think it was the first championship in since maybe 38 years or something uh so and that was a that was also a really cool thing because i never experienced that before like being at yata plaza with like thirty thousand people that was something I, i i was like oh this is sports this is what happens in sports so after that i just i just kept like following hockey um mainly freeland of course because i did not know then that i was gonna like work with in in journalism um so the like the full spread of hockey like following a league more and like even uh, um researching other teams that basically started like a couple of years before i uh, went to journalism school 
So no. a lot of you guys know so much more than I do. Like when I hear Ufa talk or I hear you, Six, and when, when you talk about like stuff that happened 20 years ago or even before we were born, I'm like, I'm never, I'm never going to learn those things. I'm never going to keep up with you. But I try to focus on other stuff when I, when I do my journalism stuff. So, yeah. We're going to get into that, but they've had a question. Uh, well, just yeah. going back to the uh, NHL, obviously there's a lot of young, impressive Swedes in the NHL right now. Um, who do you think is, uh, who, who, which ones do you think are the top ones to keep an eye on? Well, obviously, like, Leif Pedersen, he's been, like, insanely good for uh, for Vancouver. Um, I also, well... Of course, Adam Boquist will come up and do like a fantastic job uh, in Chicago. I think he's such a great talent. Uh, I, I think also that Jesper, his brother, um, he didn't really get the, the, I don't know, he got the chance, but I, I feel like he has so much more to give and maybe he didn't, he wasn't used in the right like um, uh, manner uh, with New Jersey, but yeah, I'd say like I, I'm really looking forward to uh, watching Adam Boquist grow into his role um, in the back end in Chicago. Now, how much? Uh, obviously, like you said, you didn't follow the SHL much this year, but how much have you heard about the Swedes expected to go high in the draft this season? Um, well, I followed Lucas Raymond a little bit uh, the season before I I went to New York. So Lucas, uh, he's. He's such a talented kid. He's just amazing. Uh, I did a couple of interviews with him um, before I left, and he and even this summer when I was back home, he he's he lives hockey. He breathes hockey. He's just such a great kid. Um, and yeah, I feel I I I really I think that he like. Do you do you guys think that he might actually go over? directly no no i don't think so i think both him and uh, alexander holtz uh who are both expected you know top five in the draft i think yeah. more seasons here in sweden would do them well because you know they don't seem to have kind of that immediate impact you know kind of like right. right. had or rosmus darling yeah yeah, I yeah I think and also I, I listened to the interview with mike helber which was actually a really good it was a, an amazing interview um kudos to that uh and he spoke a lot about like the trend is actually shifting to uh, the young drafted kids staying a little bit longer in in their native uh, like the in, in their leagues, um, and I think that's a positive thing for them for most of them. Personally, I can see uh, Lucas Raymond going, but Holt staying depending on the team who picks him. But mm -hmm. I think you're both right, and the biggest chance or probability is that both. Of them will be staying, but if one of them would be would to leave, I'd say Lucas Raymond. Yeah, well, that's I had, true. I had a chance to talk to uh, the head coach of Farsta, Johan Penneborn, this season, and he kind of had said the same thing that he's seen a lot of young Swedes go over, you know, kind of before they're ready and don't succeed very well, and it kind of you know does a number on their confidence, and then they have yeah. to come back. So, yeah. and from what I hear, Lucas Raymond didn't play that much this year, right? In the top league, I think he played less than thirty games. I don't know, I'll look yeah. it up. And Alexander Holtz only played 32, if I'm not mistaken. So that was due to injury, I think. That was, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. um, Lucas played using EliteProspects.com. Uh, 33 <laughs> games. 33 games, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I maybe that's not enough for them to like. I mean, but the, take, then a, it, take a shot on him. They did play World Junior, so that cuts away a few games. True, uh, and uh, so so it doesn't say the come tell you the complete story, but yeah, yeah. Now, like you were saying, you were hoping to be there this summer for the draft, which um, obviously everybody's life uh, involved in any kind of sport right now has kind of been put on hold, and lots of industries kind of being put on hold at the moment. But uh, Sixth Enemy, we're talking because the NFL draft happened last night, and that was the first of the major sports leagues to have a draft, and they did it digitally. And do you think yeah. that worked for the NHL? I think so. I mean, what's the option? I mean, we're, we're going to have a draft. We need a draft. I mean, we can't just, like, forget this, like, um, this year. So um, I think it would work. I think, I, I mean, the, 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 the leagues in the U.S. Or, or in North America, they're so good at, like, producing uh, content and doing, like, great setups for the, these types of events. So we might maybe need a little bit of help when it comes to, like, like the Swedes. We, we would want, uh, like, a camera team. Uh, at their home, obviously, and they would maybe need help with that because, um, yeah, it, it's it's international, so it's a little bit more work, obviously. But I I think it can be done, and I I think it would be. I mean, can you imagine like the ratings on that one? <laughs> Everyone would watch. It would be so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Now that also raises the question as well: without the regular season being able to finish, how do you determine the draft positions? I know. Uh, well, I, I, was that a question to me? Well, I just, what, what your thoughts are on that? I mean, I, I feel like I, I don't really know. I, I have no, like, I haven't really thought about that because I, I felt like the moment they suspended the season, I was like, okay, I'll just leave this until somebody tells me what will happen. So I haven't really given that much thought. I think that's the smart way to go because I read everything like Pierre Lebrun on the, the Athletic. I, I read everything and I try to come up with my own scenarios and I just get, my head gets a wash every time. Every I time. know. Frustrating. I know. But I mean, they do have a contingency plan A through, I don't know, C, D, E, yeah. F, G, I don't know. Well, you had mentioned that they're trying to find some arenas to finish the season. Yeah, they just put out a, a story on the Athletic today. Did you read it? Was Pierre no, Lebrun? not today. No. <laughs> Apparently, according to LeBrun, they're going through 12 cities, um, NHL and non-NHL cities, what I could deduct, and they're going to try to get like four of them. But yeah. could be the, it doesn't have to be one city per division. It can be, well, depending on where the pandemic is, right. less of yeah. a problem. Uh, it could be like the Atlantic could play in a central division city if that's the best way yeah, to yeah. So they're being, being very dynamic in this manner and yeah. I mean, to the NHL because they want to save the season. And like we discussed before talking to Kaisa, it's a $6 billion business. You can't just forfeit yeah. something like that anyway. But yeah. I thought about that. I mean, I, I get it for the teams that actually have a shot at, at reaching the playoffs. But what about the other teams? Like, how motivated are, um, I don't know, like the Detroit Swedes coming over from Sweden, playing three weeks of games, like finishing the season and then fly back to Sweden. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I thought a little bit about that and I don't really, uh, would they want to go or would they just want to like 
scratch the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, the, um, th there are a lot of logistical issues here. Uh, but I, re I actually listened to a Detroit Red Wings podcast, uh, a fan podcast, uh, which I should mention it's the Wing Wheel podcast. Everyone should listen to it. <laughs> they were like, if they forfeit the season now and the Red Wings win the lottery, the Red Wings won the season. Because yeah. They get the prize. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so what, looking at, Using that as a like a foundation for discussion, look at what the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they have these bolster teams, and they get nothing. So how do you put that into perspective as well? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, somebody would just have to say like, "This is what we're gonna do." It's not gonna be fair to everyone, but we all want to play hockey. Let's just do it. I completely agree. Well, and here over here as well, obviously with the uh, the relegation and demotion system that is involved in this league, um, both Moto and Bjorklund are obviously getting a bit of uh, the short end of the stick with this whole situ situation. Yeah. Oh, it's just awful to see what ha what's happening. But yeah, I mean, nobody knew this was coming, so we just have to like take one day at a time, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Turning into a more, more positive thing, uh, I'm going yeah. to ask you a straight up question and uh, you can you can reply with multiple things, but okay. what is the funniest like interview or thing you've written, mainly, well, during your time in North America, what would you say uh, was the most, I read, you read, you did a few soccer or football uh, things that were amazing, uh, oh, those, Swedish guys, the, those Swedish guys playing uh, Beer league soccer, that was an amazing uh, thing you should all read. It was at Football Direct. Uh, yeah, Football Direct.se. Um, I don't have an English uh, translation to it yet, but oh. if anybody wants it, I'll be glad to trans translate it for you. Because it's awesome. It's really, yeah. really great. It's great. It was a 15, oh, it's not 15. It was like maybe in total, like 40 or 50. 50 Swedes uh, living in New York at some point of time, like um, over the course of 15 years. And they've been playing soccer every Saturday um, in this like amateur league. And they are so good. So they keep winning everything. And they're, yeah, it's, it was a, an amazing story. And the companionship and the, the friendships of that team, it was just amazing to, to learn about. So yeah, that was a favorite one. But I, um, I have a bunch of hockey stories too, and most of them are the stuff from like the uh, how do you say it like periphery, periphery, um, like stuff that happens behind the eyes. Uh, I did uh, I did mostly video, I should I should say, um, uh, for hockey Sveria, which is the uh, uh, which was really really fun. Um, and the stories that stood out the most for me and like really meant the most to me were. Uh, I did an interview with Todd Angeli, Angeli, who is the national anthem singer of TD Garden. Uh, and he he took over after like this famous, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name, but there was a, he was a famous guy singing for 30 something years. And then he was retiring and they had an audition and Todd worked uh, as a bartender every game. And he went to do the, uh, audition and he got the job and I interviewed him before one of the games and it was he was such a sweet guy and he was really nervous before stepping out on the ice and he had the voice of an angel uh, you I bet you've heard him 
uh, he's just he that was a, an amazing story to cover and uh, another favorite it's of course when I got the opportunity to go on the Zamboni in Madison Square Garden That's and I cool. met I mean the, the Zamboni guys in Madison Square Garden their uh, their names are Jack Paul and Steve and they are like my second family they, I I just love them they are um so so very welcoming and they asked me questions and they made me feel like uh, I was a part of everything every day when I came to work um, they've been doing that for like 30 years so they had a bunch of stories too that was that was also one of my favorite ones and I got to interview Hamilton the pig in North Carolina that's something <laughs> Uh, he didn't say much, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love those stories. Uh, well, I, of course, it's so much fun to interview the players as well. Um, but sports is so much more than what happens on the ice or the field or whatever. Um, and I really love meeting the people working, maybe a little bit in the shadows. Um, those stories are the most fun to do. Yeah, the human interest stories that, like you said, happen behind the scenes that nobody ever hears about are always, always fun yeah. to research and, and uh, figure out what's going on. Yeah. Rancourt was the name I think you were looking for. Renee Rancourt. Who, who was that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, what are you doing nowadays? I mean, keeping busy. You re could you tell us about the book project? You are you, Is that finished? It's finished. Yeah, it's uh, published in December. Oh, okay. It was a it was a book uh, about what this um, man named Eric. Well, his name is Eric Granberg, Eric, uh, and he was sexually uh, assaulted when he was well. He was molested when he was a kid, um, and that took him on a really dark journey. And now he kind of turned that around and is doing a really good job um, working proactively with those issues he started a project called um well in english it's not alone not forgotten uh so he asked me if i wanted to write his story and we did it together last year when i was in new york and it was uh a really i was so honored like for him asking me that was so nice of him to do and it was it was tough i mean he he has some really dark stuff that have had had happened to him so um it was tough but we we did it and it's it's out and he's really happy with it so that was like the that was the most important thing obviously um yeah so i did that it's uh that was something then um then i um i don't right now i'm just focusing on trying to produce content obviously like everyone else and it's really hard working from home producing content about sports i mean <laughs> it's it's just so weird what's going on right now you have tons of stuff to work with <laughs> <laughs> i know well the good thing is like something that coming back to the positive stuff it's i think that um Everybody is so creative. I, I, I don't think I've ever experienced this uh, kind of creativity that we see in Twitter or Instagram and TikTok. I mean, I think I might have to start a TikTok account soon <laughs> because otherwise I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fall behind. Um, but everybody's so creative and they come up with like 
I don't know, quizzes and um, people imitating each other and they post memes and everybody's so funny. And I that kind of made me feel like I had performance anxiety. I'm like, I, I, am I this funny? I have to produce more stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's weird. But I really like that you get a chance to get to know uh, the athletes when they're actually sitting at home like with kids running around and maybe eating like a weird sandwich or whatever it's uh i like that i really like that well there was a great one uh, a couple days ago and i'm a vancouver canucks fan so i can't praise this too much but it was a bunch of the 2011 boston bruins watching <laughs> game, game seven of the stanley cup finals and Luongo actually tweeted out about it as saying <laughs> you know this is my nightmare and it's you know just fun stuff like that you get to see you know like these I, people who most people think are, you know, gods and, you know, top tier athletes, but you see that they're just normal people that are stuck at home like the rest of us being bored. I know. I know. I love that. We had a Swedish conversation uh, with uh, four Swedish players. Um, the NHL arranged it for us. Uh, and I asked the question to them. It was um, Oliver Ekman Larsson, uh, Nicholas Beckstrom uh god who was it victor victor headman and who was the fourth uh silverberg no no oh my god who was that i know this i have this on my uh well amika it was mika zabanijan yeah yeah um yeah so and i asked them what did you learn during quarantine that you didn't know well about yourself that you didn't know before and uh i think it was headman who said uh i learned how to clean uh, and Mika said, I learned how like messy I am. <laughs> and Hedman said, No, um, Oliver Ekman Larson said, I learned well, both Hedman, uh, both Ekman Larson and, and Backstrom, they said, Well, I learned that I can cook if I only give it a try. So, I mean, we would have never gotten those answers uh, if this thing wasn't happening. So it was, uh, I like that. They really, they're really open. It's fun. Now, Kaiser, what we're going to do with these interviews is the previous interviewee has a question for the current interviewee. And so Eddie Lack actually has a question for you. Wow. Interesting. Does oh. he even know who I am? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so he says, um, we're, we're unfortunately, uh, we, unfortunately, we get a lot of negative uh, reports from female journalists due to the fact that they're female being, I mean, harassed or whatever, like negative stuff. But can you tell a nice story that you've, like, ex a nice experience from your end? Could you give, like, a positive light being a female sports journalist? I can. I mean... I hear those stories and I think I experienced that uh, maybe I, I, I've never been like, um, I don't think that I've been discriminated against. I don't, well, I, obviously I don't know because sometimes stuff happens like behind the scenes that you don't know, but I've never felt discriminated against and I never experienced like, I don't know, uh, sexual harassments or anything like worse uh, like that. But, I do feel like I am appreciated. I do feel like I am respected from my um, colleagues, both in North America and, and back here in Sweden. I 
I never well well what I was what I was going to say was that I think that I experienced um some kind of um issues with myself for being a woman uh because I think because society taught us that uh guys know more about sports and that is like rooted in my brain and in my body so for me it's like okay I have to study a little bit harder I have to prepare a little bit better I have to be a little bit more focused than um a guy colleague has to be but I think that's only in my mind um and that is something that I'm working with all the time but from the perspective of my colleagues or the players or coaches or anything like that I I really really feel respected and I the doubt is it's coming from me not from anybody else so that's really nice it was a good question from Eddie excellent so um well we can't obviously tell the listeners who our next interview subject will be but we'll contact you first so you can ask him a question okay yeah <laughs> I'll let you know. Uh, we can take it like after the interview because it's already kind of decided. Um, I had a quick. Oh, what would you say would, is the biggest difference? Because on, at Hockey Sverige we have a group chat going on on game nights, and we always say, "Well, well I filed. I'm almost done." And usually from Gothenburg, when you file, you get, "Well, I'm being thrown out now, so I'm, I'll be at McDonald's and file in like 15 minutes." What is the biggest difference? in covering an an SHL team compared to an NHL team or being in an NHL arena for those of the listeners who haven't had a chance or will never be uh, on, the, on that level? What would you say is the biggest difference? Well, I think that it's, it's more like than you might think because I think that uh, Swedish hockey... It's a really open place. You you have great availability. I mean, I've, I've done some soccer here in Sweden. And I mean, you can't really compare those two when it comes to media availability. Um, so I, I really, that's, that's really like the same for me anyways. Um, and, and yeah, in, in Scandinavium, in Gothenburg, you have to leave after like 90 minutes uh, after I think the final horn which sometimes is not enough, obviously. Uh, and that is really, really annoying. But hopefully that will change. I, in, in Madison Square Garden, you don't have to leave. I, I think you can like, sleep there if you want to. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, no, but I, I, the, the biggest difference, I'd say, is like the, the size of everything. In, I mean, there are maybe a hundred or even more media people um at the press box uh, in the press box at a game uh, like a regular like regular season game and that never happens in, in sweden obviously um and also like the the, the whole the whole media process and the media procedure around the teams like they have maybe five or or even more like five media people traveling with the team wherever they go producing video and and um uh written content for the for the uh web page and social media stuff and everybody's just they have huge they have like small media like companies going around with them it's really cool um and yeah i i mean otherwise i don't think the well it's 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 huge 
it's so cool. I mean, the NHL arenas are, they are huge and they are so amazing to be in. But work-wise, it's not that big of a difference, I'd say. Now, on the previous episode, um, we had talked about, and I believe actually this question originally came from you, uh, favorite sports movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, I actually did my, I, I did put up a, a top three, I think. Um, and I, I would have to go with, which one did I put at the top? Was it, uh, I think it was a blind side. That was, I've seen it like 15 times. It's my favorite movie of all times. It's just so good. And also, um, which was the end? well, remember the Titans. Yeah, we said that as well. That one is, I, I think that was one of my first, like, uh, VCR tapes. No, it couldn't have been. Maybe it was my first DVD or something. And I watched it over and over and over. And I learned all, like, the, the lines and the, the songs and everything. It's just yeah. so good. Fantastic. Uh, well, um, I think we're I think we're just about done. Actually, thank yeah. you so much for your time, Kaisa, and uh, thanks for coming on. And maybe going forward, depending on what happens with hockey and everything, we'll we'll catch up down the line. Of course. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This was fun, and I hope I didn't uh, like butcher the language too much. No, no you I sounded do. fine. You, well, you speak better English than I speak Swedish. So let's put it that way. And I butcher <laughs> the language all the time anyway. So. <laughs> So thank you very much, Kaisa. Um, hopefully everything kind of gets sorted out. And like you said, you obviously want to be back in New York next season. But um, I guess one last question, if that doesn't happen, um, would you be heading back uh, to work with uh, Ferlanda? Um, well, maybe. I mean, uh, my, actually, my uh, contract with Pakistan is due to Corona. Uh, I, we had to pause it after April. So Come, Mar come May, I don't really know what to do. So, um, But hopefully everything will go back to normal and Hockeysbury and I will find a way to, to work with each other again uh, sooner rather than later. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Kaiza. Um, and yeah, stay healthy, stay safe. Let's talk down the line and see what, what's going on. Of course. Take care, guys. Yeah, you, you too. too. Bye. Bye. Okay, once again, thank you very much to Kaisa Kalmeas for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, Sixton, we touched on the interview, um, the, the the digital draft, which I think at this moment is pretty much the only option heading forward. And uh, we saw it work for the NFL. Yeah, um, did. That, that was the very first big team or big league to to try the digital draft, and it seemed to it seemed to work well. Um, but we have talked about this on previous episodes. It just kind of sucks for the young players who are getting, you know, picked in the first round that yeah. want to go up on stage, get the team jersey, the hat, shake the hands. But at this point, I don't really see any other option. But like Kaiza had mentioned, you know, some of the Swedes here in Sweden might get a film crew over exactly. over to their house to to film them when they get picked. So um, I guess that's better than nothing. But still, it uh, it's probably going to be tough for the players to have to stay, sit at home rather than be in the arena. And I believe it was supposed to... Where was it supposed Montreal, to happen? Right? It was supposed to happen in Montreal, yeah. I think that got postponed. They just moved it here, I think. Yeah. But that you can, t on the flip side, I mean, imagine the first day when the player arrives with the club, they can have a massive announcement, a massive presentation exactly. in their home arena. So they could be, it could be a flip side to this as well, even though that, that, that walk on stage is a classic scene for any, any youngster going into the NHL. So that's obviously... That obviously sucks, but then again, I mean, think about all the junior players who were supposed to play their junior playoffs 
and then just maybe just quit hockey or do whatever. Yeah. And they they're deprived of that. So. Well, not, not only sucks. going up on the stage, but obviously, you know, one, two, and three are pretty, they know where they're going to go. Yeah. But like after that, you know, guys sitting on yeah, their, in their chair, yeah. nervous anticipation, who's going to pick me? Is my name going to get called now? And so it's, uh, it, it kind of takes away from the, the magic of the, the draft. But yeah, it, it does. It's, I mean, uh, at this point, there really isn't any other option. No. Um, what? Is that snow? No, it's it looks like flowers coming Thank off of trees. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, distractions here, distractions there. Um, before we do our team of the week. Yes. Sorry, t- sorry, we're stressing this. Why are we? I mean, we've got time. Shout out to Lucas, who became our second patron. Yes. Patreon.com slash across the pond. Uh, he became our patron and will... Thanks to Lucas and Daniel now. Will yeah. Help, help us uh, grow. Also want to shout out to uh, some people who downloaded our podcast from fairly strange locations. Uh, it's kind of cool. The, the, the podcast website that we're on, it's called Simplecast. If you're looking to start up your own podcast, I recommend it. They have some great analytics. And it shows you exactly where people download your podcast from. So whoever downloaded our podcast in Melbourne, Australia, shout out to you. Yes. That's pretty awesome. Uh, where's another one? We have one from Atlanta, one from Wayne, Maine, uh, Dundas. I'm not too sure where that is. That's in the States somewhere. Uh, Gainesville, uh, Traverse City, Kitchener. Oh, Kitchener, Ontario. That's awesome. There Kitchener you go. Rangers. We have one from Denver, one from Casper, one from San Francisco, and a spattering all over my home province of British Columbia. Also one from a tiny little town in Quinell in British Columbia where I used to actually live just north of, so... It's kind of cool to be able to see exactly where the podcast gets downloaded. Let's pause on Melbourne because that's an awesome city. Well, well, you had mentioned that you think it's probably a backpacking Swede or maybe Ah, a Swede living in Australia. I think so, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, every season, backpacking season, which is our winter and their summer, 40,000 Swedes go to the east coast of of Australia. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's strange because it's so far from Sweden. Yeah, but it's only like an 18-hour flight. Oh, only. Yeah, <laughs> 24, depending on the route you take. But, yeah. I mean, Melbourne, I've been there uh, twice, and I that's one of the cities I'd love to move to. Because, really? yeah, it's so beautiful, and it's the people are so friendly. It's quite hot. When we were there last time, there were... Really? It's it was, hot in Australia. It is. It was 45 degrees what at 8 p.m. Would have never guessed. And <laughs> uh, that's weird. But, yeah, it's it's really a European feel to that city. And you have never you been... can also watch world-class tennis and Formula One. Yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. I've, I've never been to Australia. Um, I've always wanted to go to New Zealand, though. Oh. I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, so I want to go visit Hobbiton and all the Lord I've of the been Rings there. filming locations. You have? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. But yeah, Australia would definitely be awesome because I'm a scuba diver as well. Yeah, so. many friendly animals. Yeah, lots of friendly yeah. animals. I hear there's all the animals are friendly and you should definitely make a point of petting them. Yeah, there's an Aussie saying, if you see a shark, be nice. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so whoever it is in Melbourne that downloaded, if you want to give us a shout out on Twitter to let us know. Also, please send a picture from St. Kilda Beach. There you go. But yeah, anyways, moving on. Should we do Team of the Week? Uh, yeah. I mean, the the podcasts will be quite short when there's no signings. We had like three now. Yeah, and... it's definitely, well, it's going to probably get shorter and shorter the more the offseason goes on because yeah. obviously there's less and less content for us to cover. Um, and once but... we run out of teams of the week, we're probably we... going to have to take a bit of a pause. We or... could do Legends. We could do Legends. Yeah, I don't, oh, have we picked one for today? No, so let's not, not do that and let's have a Legend for next episode. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We'll be recording on Thursday. When, Thursday morning with our, we have another guest Yes, uh, which interview. will be announced on Patreon this Wednesday. I've scheduled a post this time. Perfect. I'm learning. 
Uh, I had something else to say before Team of the Week, but I can't remember. Must not have been that important. I am not important. <laughs> All right, moving on. Team of the Week, um, a team that has kind of taken a drive off a cliff ever since the 2017-2018 season when they absolutely dominated the league. Won the SHL championship without any competition. They only lost one game in the playoffs back in 2018. And last year they finished ninth, I believe. This year finishing 10th, just squeaking into a playoff spot. Unfortunately, of course, the playoffs didn't happen. And it is, of course, the Vecco Lakers. Because finished 7th last season. 7th, okay. And they finished this year big four stats, all disappointing. Goals per game average 2.44, which is 11th overall in the league. Goals against per game, 2.75, which is 10th overall in the league. Power play was sitting at 20%, which actually isn't too bad. That was 8th overall in the league, and their penalty kill was just atrocious. 73% efficiency on the PK, and that's 13th overall. Yeah. And their leading scorer was Roman Horak, who only had 30 points. and so Who also was released now. Who also was released as well, yeah. And uh, it's... It's got to be tough, especially for the guys who are part of that 2017-2018 team that had such success. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm not too sure what was going on with them this season. Um, but they just could not seem to pull it together. Looking at their big-name players, uh, I'd say, well, like you said, Roman Horak only had 30 points and still was the, their best scorer, which says quite a lot. But So there are disappointments throughout the lineup, really. Yeah. Um, we had Richard Junge or Richard Junge. He scored 11 goals and 24 points in 44 games, which is, I mean, it's a decent uh, achievement. But for a player of his stature, you should see 20 plus goals at least. Absolutely. And with that shot, easily 20 goals. But he's been on and off in form, and he's also been a bit of it, had a bit of an injury, uh, not a streak, but I've been a bit, bit plagued by injuries. I think we all know the name Brandon Shinneman, and I think. <laughs> This, he's a very divisive player. Well, he's he's kind of like I, I guess like a Matt Cook or a, yeah, yeah. a Brad Marchand. Matt Cook would be a perfect. Yeah, player, yeah. he's the kind of guy that you hate to play against. Opposition fans hate him, but you love to have him on your team. Yeah, he's I, very like you said, divisive player. He, he chirps a lot. He's up in people's faces. He's a little bit of a dirty player from time to time, but at the same time, he still puts up points. Yeah, I'm. I think because there were a few few incidents with him during the season, which I think moved their focus a bit yeah. because they had to either defend him or stand up for him. Also, I mean, there was one incident where he, of course, was guilty. And I mean, let's not go into that. But there were another few incidents or situations where the name, had it, be, had it not been Brendan Shinneman, we wouldn't have been talking about it. And in those matter, in those situations, you kind of have to defend him a bit more because he gets stapled as this bad boy, which he sort of is. Mm -hmm. But then again, people are having trouble to uh, diversify between what's really a bad boy act and an accident. Exactly. And I think their coach Sam Hallam, he's made a terrific job with Becca ever since he took over the reins. And he had to stand up. He had to answer so much questions about the the, the actions of Brendan Shinneman during the season, which to to this day I think plagued the whole team mm -hmm. and it removed focus. Then again, going back to Sam Hallam, I think he's been there for nine years. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, he's been there for a while. And at a certain point, you get tired of hearing the same coach. Mm -hmm. So, but he he will be back. 
uh, despite rumors of it, uh, um, him being replaced mid-season. And that goes to show comp- that they show confidence in him. Yeah. Now he has to repay that confidence. We should also mention um, Brendan Shinneman, maybe because of some of the controversies this season, had his worst season in the SHL. Uh, his very first season, which was that stellar Lakers season 2017-2018, he had 34 points, 14 goals, 20 assists, and 45 games played last year. He had 17 goals, 16 assists, and 47 games played this year. Five goals and 17 assists for a total of 22 points in 50 games played. And so his play definitely dropped off this season for whatever reason. Um, he also had 91 minutes of penalties this season, which was uh, a career high for him in the SHL. And so that was a tough season for him. Uh, should also, I want to talk about uh, the older brother of a fairly famous former Vecco Laker, Emil Pedersen. Yeah. Coming over. He's the older brother, of course, Elias Pedersen. Uh, he came back to the SHL this season. He was playing for uh, Milwaukee and Tucson over in the AHL for the last couple of seasons. But uh, he had one season, well, I guess half a season, with the Lakers in 2016-2017 before heading over to North America. Uh, came back and had a pretty de- decent season. 10 goals, 15 assists, played all 52 games, and was second overall on the team with 25 points. Yeah, I'm looking at their scoring, just pure goal scoring. This past season, well, sorry... In 2017-18, they had four players with 14 goals or more with Elias Pettersson and Andrew Kalof. Kalof, sorry, and topping out at 24 goals each. Uh, last season, they had three players with 15 goals, 17 goals, and uh, 17 goals. Pesonen had 17, Shinemin had 17, and Roman Horak had 15. And this season... Richard Dinge led with 11 goals. Uh, Alari Millard. Oh, I guess, but he... No, yeah, Alari Millard and had yeah, sorry. 12, 12 goals from the back end as well. And so that's right there. You can see just a massive loss of offense for the Lakers. Looking looking at them play, they at at points during this, uh, the games, they were amazing. They played like that stellar goal team uh, a couple of years back, but then... Something happened. I mean, if they had an early goal, we talked about Victor Andrian often, often letting, letting in that first quite early goal, and that put them back, and that had had them go make a restart after two, two or three minutes into the game. If they can improve their first minutes in the game and really command play from first puck drop, which, which was, was, was an issue. Sorry, my English is just failing me right now. Um... We'll see Vecchio bounce back, but we they need more individual play. They need more. They need, need more shooting, actually. Yeah. So. And one of the things that I think um, I don't know might have affected them this year was uh, the departure of their longtime captain Liam Reddix. Yeah. Who left to play for the Belfast Giants of the <laughs> EIHL, if I'm not mistaken. And so he was the captain for the past four or five seasons, I want to say, um, and. Yeah, it was uh, obviously a tough, especially leadership role to fill. Eric Josephson stepped in, took over the the, the captain role, but that also might have kind of played into their uh, struggles this season. Yeah, and they need. <laughs> it's putting quite a lot of pressure to Yusuvaino Vainio, sorry, their new uh, Finnish D man. We've we've covered before because looking at their lineup. Apart from Ilari Melat, who came in and was really, really good for them during the season, I can't see a leading D-man here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm failing to see that 
stellar leader apart from Mallard, and I'm think I'm thinking that they'll turn to Vainio here during his first SHL season, which the next come uh, the this upcoming season will be. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Also looking at their forward lineup, amongst the twelve forwards uh, they've got signed right now. I can only find one player that for sure for sure should score 15 goals or more and that's Yinge. Yeah. Because Marcus Davidson or Davidson that's not his style of play. Uh, Martin Lundberg no. Marcus Silvegård no. Jakob Forsbacka Karlsson maybe maybe. Yeah. He had a decent stint with the Bruins and he should be doing creating more than what he did. Uh, Fredrik Karlsson no. One hell of a season shootout wise though. Um they need more edge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. An- uh, another one that uh well another a-, a good pickup for them this season, I would say, on the back end was uh Miko Kovistu. Yeah. Um who came in from SC Burn in the Swiss League, played thirty six games, three goals, thirteen assists, uh, and finished a plus eight. So and he is uh, he is slotted to come back with them next season and so there were some bright spots for the Lakers this season, but it was mostly disappointment. Yeah. On a final note, just looking at their goalie tandem now, we've, said, we've mentioned that Victor Andrian has left for Purinas, mm-hmm. and their goalie tandem will be Victor Fast, yeah. who didn't have a great season, but he extended for two years, right? Or yeah. something like that. And then they will have Erik Schellgren, who isn't exactly brimming with uh, experience. Yeah. But so he's got potential. He's got a, ooh, his potential is his upside can be insane. So, but what if? Yeah, it's a it's a magic bean as of now. Yeah, exactly. We don't know. They don't know. What what happens? I mean, we're always looking at the team being healthy. Yeah. But what if Victor Fast goes down? Yeah, exactly. What happens? And of course, there will be like a, a pile of players without a club due to this pandemic probably but yeah money isn't i mean you only have half that much money right exactly well that about does it for our team of the week the vecro lakers and that's a nice pronunciation Vecre. yeah all right i'm, I'm getting, getting better that. yeah my girlfriend always gives me a hard time whenever i try and say that well i've heard someone say vecro Vecho. 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 <laughs> so that's even. Vax Joe. That, oh, Jesus. The Lakers, you can say that. That's what I usually typically say on the broadcast, as I just say, the Lakers. <laughs> it's a good thing they have a name. Yeah, they're one of the few teams. Yeah, there's, what is there, three? The Malmo Redhawks, the Vecho Lakers, and. You can say the Indians for. Uh, for London Indians, yeah. Well, they're, 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 it used to be a lot more popular because yeah, you had the HV71 Blue Bulls. Yeah, in the middle. Uh, the Linchoping White Lions. So why did that change? No, there were, there were I think they had a problem with their personality of the league or something. Uh, identity of the league, I should say, in the mid-90s, maybe. So at, prior to one season, they just released merchandise with every team having a logo with oh, an okay. animal and yeah, like the White Lions or the Blue Bulls or. Why well, was find it strange that for London is the Indians because that's such a North American thing? I don't know why they because they used Indians. to be Vostros for London. No, right? Vostros. Vestra. Vestra, which is Western. Oh, okay. Because Vestra that's a part of. And for London is a yeah, Vestra section of, of Gotham. Exactly. Kind of um, like Faryastad is a little section of. We Carlstad. could look into that, to next episode. That could be your homework. Yeah, look into. Ooh, uh, speaking of which, speaking of homeworks, we have a question for you, oh. especially. 
For me, especially from yes. Twitter? No, from someone we know, but I won't divulge his name. Like a personal friend of ours? Yeah. Is it Daniel? I'm not going to give you any names. Are you <laughs> stupid? I just said that. Uh, I'm just going to find him. Hang on. So, we can call this a listener question from listener unknown. Uh, what is an Andreas Anderson hat trick? Oh, remember we touched on Andreas Anderson a few episodes ago? Yeah. Yeah. What is because he scored that hat trick in that very game where he scored a goal. So what are the other two components of an Andreas Anderson hat trick? Um, an assist? Yes. I can't say a fight because that's a Gordy Howe hat trick. <laughs> um, empty net goal? He scored an empty net goal. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. Um, Remember, he's a goalie. A shutout? Yeah. Oh. They won 3 nothing, and he had a goal and assist and a shutout. He had two points as a goalie in yeah. one game? Yeah. And a, sh- and a shutout. Uh, here in Linköping playing for HV71. So that's one hell of a need. Well, that's never going to happen again. No, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. So send your questions to us. Um, and we'll try to relay them during our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, shout out to that person in Melbourne. I was really yeah. happy about that. Well, I also posted our uh, last episode with Eddie Lack to the, uh, the Canucks subreddit. And got a really good response there. All the Canucks fans, despite the fact that Lack was only in Vancouver for two seasons, he was a, he was a pretty big fan favorite. Yeah, it's a bit of a hero, eh? Yeah, and uh, yeah, everybody loves him on Twitter. So, yeah, that, w- that was fun to talk to people on the, the Canucks subreddit. And it's just fun to talk to other people, you know, talking Hon- about hockey. Just talking hockey, yeah, yeah. exactly. We, anyway, I hope you guys really enjoyed the uh, Kaiser Cameos uh, interview. Yeah. Because I sure as hell did. And we've already, we've already got two more interviews lined up for our next two episodes, yeah. so we're we're just going to try and keep getting interviews, and you know what, once we run out of actual content to talk about, maybe we'll just keep doing interview episodes throughout the summer. Someone asked me if we could do a drunk episode. That could be interesting. That could be Patreon only. <laughs> Ooh. Actually, interesting. Because I, I know other podcasts have done that. <laughs> that could so go. like drinking throughout, or do we have to be drunk by the time it starts? We could do both. <laughs> all right let's do that on a friday night and have fun yeah if you have any other ideas just hook us up on twitter across t pom pod um funquist f-u-n-q-v-i-s-t yeah and if you're on reddit actually uh you can send me a message i'm dash van link 89 dash van what link that's weird well david ashbaugh dash i grew up in vancouver van i live in lynch Hoping. link 89 when i was born dash van link you and jordan logic <laughs> yeah send me a message on uh, twitter if you have any or on uh, reddit if you have any questions that uh, you'd like asked and of course if you become a patreon you will have access uh, to our interview guests to ask questions to them yes. before the interview also so. if you have any questions and you send to us and you send them through patreon they will be read out first perfect and the money we get from the patreon will actually be used to obtain more equipment Either that or keep us fed throughout the summer while we're both unemployed. No, equipment is more fun. That's true. We can we can eat later. Yes, bricks are nice. <laughs> All right, well, thanks very much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk next episode. Uh, stay safe, wash your hands, and, of course, support local. Oh, yeah. That's Come, it's your thing. <laughs> yeah. Support local, damn it. <laughs> All right, we'll talk later. I need Red Bull.